Hello and welcome to Everybody A, Everybody Gay. A queer exploration of pretty little liars. With your hosts, Steve Pirate, aka Joanna. I'm here, I'm queer, and I have a cat named Spencer. And your other host, LCO123, aka Vina, a proud member of the Church of Vander Jesus. And we are here today with our last ep of the year. It's going to be a bonus episode where we are going to talk about the world of PLL fic and fic writing, uh, which always has a special place in our hearts because that is where we met and became friends. Yes. You know, we don't talk about it a lot, but our intros are, you know, Speak Pardon, LCO123. These are our, um, these are our fic names. These are our, like our, 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 uh, our, our pseudonyms. Um, and yeah, this is, this is where we met. We met writing and commenting on each other's fics and then writing emails and then just our friendship kind of blossomed from there. So, uh, yes, totally, totally a special place in, in both of our hearts, I think. Yeah, I definitely agree. Why do you think it is? I mean, for, for a show, um, like PLL, why do you think it lends itself so well to the world of fic? Why do you think so many writers are drawn to it? Um, I think that's a great question. I think, I think that PLL hits at this really specific intersection of being both a show where fans feel that there are a lot of things that need to be rectified, but also there is enough um, interesting kind of plot options and uh, character work and developed enough characters that it's kind of like, I think of it as just like a really fun sandbox to play in. Like there's just, there's so many different um, choices that you can make. There's so many different characters and character dynamics that you could choose to focus on there's so much opportunity for multi-shipping um and you know you can you can write it as a mystery you can write it as something completely divorced from the mystery you can write it at many different time periods in the liars lives like there's just there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunity there i think for for options what do you think oh yeah i completely agree i mean i think it's a very well realized and well-drawn world that the characters Mm -hmm. inhabit and I think that their relationships with each other are so interesting uh and the the impulse to correct or or to see like some of the storylines that we always really wanted to see more of uh I think is is really strong and they're just PLL had so many plot threads that it left dangling like as an element of the show that there are always just bundles and bundles that you can pick up and, and try to play with. Totally, totally. Um, and I think something that um, I, I would say is like a generally speaking kind of a difference in terms of the way that um, you and I maybe have both approached fic in the PLL world. Something I really admire about the way that you write is that you are not afraid to like take on the mystery and like explore the mystery and break it down and look for clues in the plot and like even craft your own mystery. And I'm, um, I'm such a kind of character person that I tend to kind of like leave the plot at the door and just like, (laughs) you know, have, have characters processing their emotions. Um, not to say, I mean, you do fantastic, fantastic character work as well, but I, I've always admired that you really take on the mystery. Um, what, what kind of, what what inspires sort of your angle into the world of PLL fic? Well, you know, we both, like, we, we kind of met and we both started writing 
PLL at, at a very specific time in the show's timeline, which was right around the, the conclusion and the Charlotte reveal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had actually, the reason I had not really written any before that, like I, I'd often had the impulse, but um, the Presria relationship is such a big part of the show that I always felt like I couldn't really like, I couldn't really like dive into the world uh, and, and have it feel like the same world uh, without having Presria be a thing. And I just really, I just really just didn't want to be within a hundred feet of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then towards the end of that season, it was like, Oh, it looks like they might actually be like splitting up permanently and maybe like, and, and also I could see, like, I, I felt like I could see it coming, what they were going to do in terms of Charlotte. And I was like, Oh no, I really, I'm really worried about this. I really, I've loved this show so much. And I just, I can tell that it's really going to hurt me and my community, what they're, you know, what they're looking for here. I mean, I definitely think that, you know, the T is not silent in LGBT. And um, although I'm a cis white woman, I I just feel like it's really important um, to be conscious of what the show is doing. So at that point I was like, I I did kind of get into it because I had that corrective impulse of like, I want to, I want to create the world um, that I want the show to be existing in. And actually the, the long fic that I, that I wrote one of, and, and still one of my favorites uh, was swear this one you'll save, which uh, was written the, before the, the time jump, before the show came back with the time jump. And it was about what I thought was going to happen and, you know, where I thought the show could take itself. And it was really almost a thought experiment of like, could the show still pull it out? Like, is there still, are there still plot reveals that make sense? Are there still things that these characters could do um, that would uh, that would really kind of redeem it for me? Like, could the show still become everything that I wanted it to be? And the show itself never did, but I'm really glad that I wrote that story because I feel like, um, like for for me and and hopefully maybe for people who read that story, although it's really long, um, hopefully it can kind of give them that closure as well. Yeah, well, I I think it totally does. I mean, I think that that it it feels like this um, sort of hopeful blueprint of what the show could do, and then the show didn't do that. But it <laughs> it still it feels like it feels like getting a piece of that, you know. And it's 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 definitely well written enough that one could read that and feel like, okay, this is this is the ending that we deserve, or a version of the ending that we deserve. So kind of like thinking back, um, for me, the thing that, that weirdly that actually really inspired me to kind of want to dip my toe in the, in the PLL thick world was, um, this possibility of Spalab. It was right before the time jump and there were these Spalab rumors coming out and, um, it wasn't even so much like the idea of Spencer and Caleb as a couple, although I was really intrigued by that. And this was at a time when I still had a certain amount of affection for Caleb as a character, uh, but it was more just the idea of this is a show that has never really committed to a serious love triangle between the liars. I mean, there was the whole Ali Prezra thing, but that never really came to fruition. Um, and and how could this show pull it off? And it was sort of equal parts excitement about just this uh, potentially a new 
uh, character dynamic after feeling like so many of the relationships had been really stale for a few seasons. And also complete fear about this idea that, oh my God, after all these seasons of focusing on the liar friendship, we're going to get, it's all going to fall apart because of a boy, you know, and, and how can that be? Um, and, you know, ultimately what I feel like the show delivered was sort of something in the middle of those two ideas. Like it was kind of, um, Spencer and Hannah's friendship was not ruined, um, but there was, it felt like there was a lot unresolved there. And it, I mean, interestingly for me, I, the, the fix that I ended up writing were not necessarily the, the ideas that initially got me excited about the idea of writing fic for PLL, but I was, I was really intrigued by, by this concept of the time jump. I think that that was a really exciting idea for people. Um, and again, like just not terribly well delivered on by the show itself, but it had the potential for something really, really rich. Um, one thing that I was, I was curious to chat with you about is like, what are things that you look for in a PLL fic? What are things that are immediately you're like, if you start reading something, especially if it's by an author that maybe you haven't read their stuff before, something that will either make you say like, yes, I want to keep reading or, you know, click the back tab and, and go look for something else. Oh, that's so interesting. Um, well, a lot of times I'll, I'll look for the pairing. Like if it's a queer pairing, I'll generally like give it, I'll, I'll give it a try. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, I mean, I, I read a lot of stuff. I, I read a lot of stuff to the end, even if it's not like, even if it, I mean, a lot of fic writing is like very good and a lot of fic writing is not very good. It's like any, it's like any writing really. Sure. Um, but I feel like even stuff that's not super well written, a lot of times I, I just really like seeing what people's takes are on the dynamic of the liars. Like, um, you know, is, is Allie in charge? Is Allie present? Like, what, you know, what are the characters up to? And I feel like also I, I really like the, the queer pairings and I, I've written a lot of queer pairings because the show Post Time Jump really lost a lot of the fun and the queerness. So fix that, um, fix that bring those elements back, I really enjoy. Um, and I also, I, I like fix where, uh, because PLL never really, um, it, it never really made a dude be responsible for uh, <laughs> for anything. Uh, so I like fix where Ezra is a or where um, you know where where the dudes are the bad guys or where the dudes are being held accountable uh, in ways that the show didn't do. So any of those are definitely ones that are gonna like you know keep me pretty engaged. Um, things that'll make me things that'll make me probably click the back button um, is like if um, if it's like an Emerson fic, but there's like a ton of page rage in it. Like if there's, if, if Paige is like a, a crazed killer, I'll, I'll be like, oh yeah, you know, probably not. Um, or anything that gets, anything that gets really deep into like a, a non-con situation, um, mm. I'll, I'll back out pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting. I I appreciate your sort of open mindedness uh, with regard to trying lots of things, and and I think what's also true is that PLL, especially at this point, like 
it's a tiny fandom. There's not a whole lot of thick. It's not like there's tons and tons of choices to choose from. Um, I agree. I think something that I really um, appreciate if somebody is writing Emerson, for example, is um, looking beyond the the sort of Emily as doormat, Allison as kind of in charge, bossy pants, you know, queen bee. Like if somebody can find more layers in their dynamic, I appreciate that. Um, any fic where like the guys are the hero or specifically Prezra is the hero, I'm going to be less interested in. Any fic that really feels the need to like double down on Charlotte's villainy or mm. Mocha's villainy. Oh, uh, oh yeah. If, if anything, uh, anything that dead names Charlotte, oh, I, I don't even click on. Like yes. I won't even, I, I won't even go there to read it at all. Yes. Agreed. Um, and I mean, in general, like, uh, like I, like I've said, and like I think my my writing indicates, like I'm a I'm a character person, and so stories that are all all plot or just all ships, but really just the ship, you know, just sort of the ship name, <laughs> um, and not a lot of a lot of uh, character stuff is is going to be less interesting to me. But you know, I've read like I've read. Um, I mean, if if there's good character work, I'll generally read it. Like I've read like Spoby fix, and I don't like Spoby, but if but there's an but there's you know it's an interesting enough exploration of like Spencer's character where I'm like, this is good. I like this. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. um, I've yeah, I I I and and I think so much like you were saying, like so much of it is you can tell pretty early in the process if a fic is for you or not. I mean, just. Mm-hmm. Even often by like the title or the description, you know, I mean, (laughs) don't judge a book by its cover, but like you can get a lot of information from a very little amount of information. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, what, like when you are sort of writing or reading fic, what are like, I, I was interested in this idea of kind of like, what are things that, what are th- what are characters or dynamics that like come easily for you to write and what are ones that are more challenging for you? Oh, that is an interesting question. Um, well, I like the queer pairings a lot and I generally see Arya as like the least queer of the liars for, for mm-hmm. whatever reason. That's just kind of my my personal take on her character. So I, I sometimes find her a a little difficult uh, to write. And actually, I think that um, I love Emily. You know, Emily has always been one of my favorite characters on the show. Um, But when, when you're writing uh, her character, you sometimes realize that she is a little bit undefined. And if you're writing her Mm -hmm. on her own, uh, she's a little bit, she, she can be a little bit, tricky I think yeah which I think is part of why the idea of Emily during the time jump I think was really interesting because it's like this is an Emily that is kind of like a mess you know and that inherently is more sort of interesting and more specific than perhaps previous versions of Emily yeah yeah and in terms of the like I used to really enjoy I I used to really enjoy writing Emerson um, because I felt like it was a ship that I was invested in that we didn't get a lot of on the show. But then the show, like the show ended with Emerson, but it ended with like 
pretty terrible. Like the 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 circumstances of their pairing at the end were like really not the greatest. And then we're like <laughs> we're kind of undone by uh, by everything that happened in the perfectionist. So uh, I, I used to like writing Emerson because I like Emerson complex. I like kind of the idea that Emily gets what she's wanted all along and like how does it work and does she want it and who is Allison like really underneath it all like who who is the Allison that you're going to wind up partnered with if you're Emily like there are just so many versions and everything right. so I like Emerson complex uh, I don't really like Emerson nightmare fuel um, so yeah away from that. and and the thing that I really am, am drawn to like in reading and in writing like lately since the end of the show is um is looking at pairings that were like kind of rare pairs like mm -hmm. um mchastings for example is one that i really like or you had a great fic that paired mona and melissa which was mm -hmm. really intriguing um and so i i like kind of looking at characters that maybe got less screen time or maybe got uh an end that they maybe didn't deserve uh and and kind of seeing you know, just, just kind of seeing what different characters maybe bring out in each other, which I think is really a cool thought experiment. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think you and I are both, would both probably call ourselves multi-shippers. Like we're, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, for sure. enjoy lots of different pairings, um, which I think it's just, it's more fun that way. You know, it's, it's more, it's more fun to, to be able to, you know, sample many things from the buffet and not just mm -hmm. feel like it all has to be one thing, especially in a, in a smaller fandom where, there's not so, so, you know, such an overwhelming amount of fix to choose from. Um, yeah, I always find the more mysterious characters harder to write. Like, you know, Melissa and Charlotte and, and Allie kind of earlier in the series. Um, but I'm also very intrigued by them. And, um, yeah, I, I just, I find the dynamics of the liars kind of easier to crack into for the most part. But... Uh, I think so much of it depends on like the circumstances of the story and the the era that you're setting something in and kind of what you can um, what you can sort of extrapolate about like what has brought a certain character to that point. I mean, so much of it is about your core beliefs about a character. And that's why I think like somebody like Allison can feel so inconsistent because I think, many people have many different core beliefs about who Allison is, like you were saying. Yeah, I think that that's true of Allison. I think that's true of Paige. I think that's true of Mona. I think mm -hmm. that's certainly true of Charlotte. Uh, but I think that I think that writing fics that, that humanize those characters and that treat those characters uh, with a respect that the show didn't always give them, I, I just think that, that makes it, I think that makes it really interesting to read. I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, I don't want to like steer this conversation too much. If you have topics that you wanted to cover, I have a few more things, but if no, you... go, keep, keep going. I have a few okay. questions, but I'm, we'll get there. We'll, we'll get there. Um, what would you say is either like, you could take this to be either like a thick or a line or even just like a characterization that you are kind of like most proud of in your own writing. Oh man, that's like a really interesting, that's a really interesting question. Well, I, I really like, I wrote a Mona Emily fic uh, that's called Rose in a Twisted Glove. And it was, 
Uh, it was really exploring the parallels between Vandermeeren and Emerson, and then getting Mona and Emily together. And I, that one was just like really, it was really fun and it was really interesting because I feel like PLL does so much great work with parallels and identity yeah. and character journeys. And um, I, I really like, I really like that one, especially because I, I, you know, like not to be like, oh, it's, you know, humble brag, but like, I like that one because there aren't a lot of other fics that do that pairing. So I think yeah. it, um, I think that it's, it's really interesting in, in that way. Oh, I totally agree. And, and I think like, to me, that fix specifically something that's really interesting about it is like, as we've been doing this podcast, that's one that I find myself going back and reading because it's you, you drop in at so many different points in the series throughout that fic that it's like, Oh, we've reached that point. And like, it just, it provides, it provides a lot more context, I think for those characters. Um, and I mean, I'm endlessly fascinated by those parallels. So yeah. Yeah. I, I really like that one. And I also, um, I wrote one called Slouching Towards Bethlehem, which is about, mm -hmm. uh, which is about Arya and Ezra leaving um, at, at the point in the series after, uh, after Arya has been exposed with her Avataria, uh, her Avataria <laughs> deeds. Uh, it's, it's about if they leave and then what happens to the liars. And I- Her Avataria technology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that one, I have a lot of fondness for it's a lot darker than I than I normally write, but I like a lot of the character work uh, in in that one too. Um, but let me let me turn that question around to you. What are some of the ones that uh, that you've written, or the the lines, or the stories that uh, that you're really proud of, or that you find yourself going back to again and again? Um, you know that is a <laughs> that is a good question that I ask that you're asking back. <laughs> Back to me. Um, I really am um, the fic that I wrote after Mona after the after the series finale that was sort of a fix it fic for Mona um, fly to the devil you don't I really am happy with that one um, that is one of the what like probably the only fic of mine that I that actually like if I read it back I, I can like get pretty emotional over just because I was so I was so d disappointed at, at that Mona's sort of um Mona ending up in another dollhouse even though she was technically the one in charge that that was kind of framed as her happy ending um and I really wanted and I was so disappointed about like the state that Hannah and Mona's relationship was left at um after the end of the series and that Mona was just sort of off in Paris being isolated and it was like, you know, she, it felt like she was right back where she started. Like this amazing character who I, you know, Church of Andrews, it's like, I love, love, love Mona. And that that was being framed as her happy ending was so disappointing to me. And um, so I was really like in the immediate aftermath of that really wanted to write something that kind of rewrote her story a little bit and rewrote her ending. And I was pleased with how that turned out. Um, also, my fairly long uh, post-series Spanific, uh, "Take Me to Your River." I, I'm, I think, almost more just from a plotting standpoint, I'm proud of of that one because, like, 
long plots are not my strong suit. Like I just, I, I, I'm not, a, I'm just not a plot. I'm not very plot based. Like I get, I'm, I'm not, um, I get, I'm, I'm, I'm too, I'm, I think I'm too emotional. Like I just get too much into the feeling of it and I just want to capture that. Um, and so I think that that was a thick where I felt like I was, um, able to balance those two things. And I was also just happy with how the story turned out. Like it felt like a, that felt like a really, the kind of happy ending that I really would want for the liars. Um, and then just as a side note, just cause it was really fun, um, writing the, the characters of the bold type in with the characters of, of PLL was yes. a super fun, um, a super fun little thought experiment. And one that I really wish that more people would, would explore. Cause I think that there's a lot of connections between those two universes. Oh, hundred percent agree. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, so what are, uh, I, now I'm just going to take all of your good questions and turn, <laughs> turn them yeah, back yeah. on you. Go for but, it. Um, well, no, actually, I guess this is a, I, I guess this is a slightly, um, this is a slightly different question, but the first fic of yours that I like read and kind of commented on was, uh, in the, the Blackbird series. And it was mm-hmm. an Emerson fic, uh, that was like, you know, there are a lot of Emerson fics and I, I've read a lot of Emerson fics. Um, but the thing that really stood out about it was that as a, a B plot within the fic, uh, mm-hmm. there's a moment where, uh, where it's revealed that Hannah and Spencer and Caleb are like all together, like they're in a relationship, the three of them. And it was, it was really interesting because a lot of fics, I feel like, treat the other relationships that are not the main relationship in the fic as just like background just like oh yeah these characters are together but it was really interesting I felt like that you had like you were conceiving of this like you know longer Emerson fic that you were writing but that like you also had in your mind that like the other characters had like a a rich interior life of like what was happening with them Uh, so I thought that that was really I thought that was really interesting. Like, can you, you can you talk about like what what your process was for that, and how how you came to that? My, my process. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm on NPR or something. Um, <laughs> yes, my process for writing Spanish. Um, no, uh, thank you, thank you for 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 highlighting that. Um, you know, I think that that was um, like. The show at its best, I think, did a really good job of um, balancing this idea of like four leads, essentially, and they all have their own interior life. And then you have these parts where they kind of come together and the things are um, overlapping over top of each other. Like, I don't know why. I know I've talked about this scene before. We haven't gotten to it yet on the on the main you know, in our episode recaps, but a scene that I always think about when I am sort of thinking about that idea is um, the episode where um, Emily's, it's the act normal bitch episode where Emily, Emily has been trapped in the school. Uh, Her dad has like had a heart attack on the way down from saving her. Spencer is deep into her like addiction and, and slash like recognizing, beginning to recognize that Ezra is a, or that she thinks Ezra is a, um, that's also the episode where Hannah has had the thing planted in her tooth. And then I think Arya has been like maybe secretly hooking up with Prezra at that point or is, or is about to like 
so they all have sort of these secrets that they're keeping from one another and then there's this big scene where all of them come together at the end of the episode and it's like it's like all of their stuff is just kind of coming out on top but you're seeing it sort of layered on top of each other it's really kind of artful in a way and I always um I think that that is like PLL at its best when it can do that layering and it can do the parallels like you were talking about and it can also just have fun with the idea that like there are four separate people who have their own kind of private dramas and then also are completely all in there for one another. Um, And I also think that like, I mean, I like a good romantic comedy as much as the next person. And I think one of the things that often is like in really good romantic comedies, um, which don't really get made anymore, unfortunately um, you have like the B plot couple that is some reflection of like the A plot couple. Like, I think that that's a really, um, it's a tried and true kind of structure of that genre. And so I think, and, and I was also really fascinated by like, what if you cut out the love triangle and just make it a thruple? Like what if Spencer Mm -hmm. and Caleb and Hannah all have so much love for one another that it, it just kind of transfers over and they're just like, we all love each other. If I was writing that now, I would probably either write it as Spana or, Spencer, Hannah, Mona. Um, I don't feel like <laughs> be part of the equation any longer. But at that point, I was like, I felt like this, you know, this could be something, something good. Um, or maybe, you know, maybe Ren. Maybe it would be Spencer, Hannah, Ren. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, this is a hot take, but I have to say, I think that the inclusion of Spencer is actually the only way that Hannah and Caleb are sustainable because, yeah, because Caleb has respect for Spencer that he doesn't have for Hannah. And Spencer has infinite respect for Hannah. And I feel like that would like force him to like just be a better partner in general. Maybe someday I'll write the like, you know, the sequel years down the line when like, you know, Toby or Spencer or Caleb's like run off with Toby and it's just like (laughs) Hannah making it work. Uh, But but anyway, that's my very long-winded answer where it's like, it just felt very natural to me to include that. And, um, and I'm, I'm glad that like people responded to it. I had a really fun time exploring that dynamic. Um, what's interesting is that at the time that I, cause I eventually then wrote the sequel that was focused on Spencer, Hannah and Caleb's relationship. And what's so interesting is like at the time it seemed like Spaleb in the show was maybe going to have more longevity. And so I wrote it that like Spencer and Caleb had been a couple for all this time, which seems so funny now because it's like more likely it would be the other way around that it would, that Caleb were the longstanding couple and then Spencer kind of joined in. But um, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of how that was born. Where for you, I'm really curious, like where did the idea of Melissa and Cece come from? For you, because you are such a pioneer of that ship, and you write them so well. And I had not the thought had not even occurred to me until until I started reading your your take on them. Oh, that's so funny! I love them together. Um, I feel like Melissa is constantly uh, like I feel this way with Spencer too. I feel like the Hastings women are constantly being paired with just a zillion lackluster men um melissa is like a fascinating character she's so complex she's rich she's shady she's caring she's like you know manipulative she's such a slytherin and uh 
they pair her with Ian. They pair her with Garrett. They pair her with like, just, you know, with Ren is like probably the, the best of a bad lot. But I was just always like, what if you gave Melissa someone who could like, or Spencer, like what if you gave either of those characters someone who was their equal, like someone who was their equal in intensity, in intellect, in wealth, in, you know, like, what would that look like? And I just think that when you look at all the characters on the show, I feel like Charlotte really fits the bill for Melissa. Um, and also that the, there is a whole backstory of, like, Melissa knows Cece. They, they have these, you know, they were at Cape May together. There's this whole, like, you know, that's one of those whole you know, kind of plot elements that it always seemed like there was going to be more to it. And then there never was. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, that's, that's where I got the idea from. I just have always kind of been casting around thinking like, what would work? Like what would really work for Melissa? And I think that that is it. And plus I feel like Charlotte deserves, you know, Charlotte deserves some happiness. Uh, she definitely deserves some better treatment than what she got on the show. So uh, a yeah. lot of times, a lot of times when I'm, when I'm writing them, I'm writing them together. Yeah, I think um, I just I love I love the way that you explore their their relationship so much. Um, and I also think that Melissa, you know, when you're naming all those awful dudes that she never really seemed all that into, it really does feel like Melissa is, um, you know, sort of f- like. I think it's very easy to headcanon Melissa as a lesbian character. I'll put it that way. Like, I think that it feels like there's a lot of sort of compulsory heterosexuality informing many of Melissa's choices. Yeah. I have, I have a line in, in one of my, in one of my, uh, Melissa Charlotte fix where I say that like Melissa collected friends, like her mother collected French antiques, like what would look good, like what would look good in, you know, a brochure basically um and I think that that's really like exploring Melissa is really interesting because there's so much artifice and and, but also like Melissa is very similar to Spencer like you you can't pretend I, I think that Melissa doesn't also have Spencer's like internal like bottomless void that she wants to be filled up with like love and acceptance and like unconditional you know unconditional affection that's so different um from from what she received or receives from her family oh absolutely absolutely well and I think that um that Melissa and Charlotte function in different but similar ways for their sisters I think that they, I mean, and I know that like technically Allie isn't Charlotte's sister and like all of that, but like for the purposes of, of plot and for the purposes of character work, like Charlotte is Allie's big sister, you know, I mean, that's how it, that feels sort of right, I think in a lot of ways. And um, again, like technically, I guess Melissa is technically Spencer's older sister, half sister, whatever, like Melissa is Spencer's sister. That's how they were raised, you know? And I think that there's, um, you know, there's like this fierce protective streak that they both have when it comes to their younger sisters that doesn't always manifest in the healthiest way. Um, And, and there's sort of this, 
you know, they were both kind of children raised by wolves in, in a sense. And, and I think that, that that means that they don't always have the appropriate reactions to things. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that there's just, there's a lot of overlap in ways that are complementary and, like, interesting in terms of, like, the exploits that the two of them could get up to if they, like, harnessed their intellectual gifts together. Totally, totally agree. Totally agree. Are there, um, and this kind of goes into a larger question or discussion that I want to have about, like, dream fix, but are there... um and I kind of know your answer to this, but are there like dream pairings that you would love to read or write that haven't, that you haven't really experienced yet? Oh, that's such an interesting, that's such an interesting question. Um, I would really be interested in reading more Genefic. Um, I, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I figured that was what you were kind of expecting. Um, yeah, I think that uh, I, I have a start on a Jenna Spencer fic that I, like, I haven't been writing a lot lately, but uh, that I work on from time to time. And I, I think about sometimes I, I would like to see more Jenna because uh, I think that takes on her character are really interesting. Um I got really interested in the idea of Paige Allison and I wrote, I wrote one fic that was yeah. uh, the two of them that, that I really enjoyed. I would, I would love to see uh, more of that. And then this isn't really a, a pairing fic, but I think, uh, I think it would be really funny. Um, I, I've always wanted to, to write or to read a fic that takes place from the point of view of like Bridget Wu, just kind of like wandering around Rosewood and probably like seeing all like the, you know, the setup for the A shenanigans, like A isn't even hiding from her because like she doesn't matter. I just think that that would be, uh, you know, like see the Rosewood PD, like putting their cigarettes out in evidence bags and, you know, just like all of the, like, just to see it from like the outside character's perspective, I think would be really kind of fun. Yes, yes. I'm, you know, Bridget Wu, I still want to read a fic someday where Bridget Wu is A. Um, (laughs) I, yeah, I, there, I mean, this, there's like, I feel like this kind of segues into like, because I I, I wanted to talk about sort of like the, you know, the the Moby Dick fic, like the fic that we're always, you know, wanting to write that just never seems to get written. Because I don't know about you, I certainly have one of those or a couple of those where it's like, it would be so much, it feels like it would just be so much, so much planning that I just, and, and I'm mm. like, you know, I mean, part of it for me is like, there's only so many hours in a week that one can spend on fandom stuff. And <laughs> a, a lot of those hours now go to this podcast, which I'm it's so delighted to do, you know, but it's it means true. that I, I have written less, but um, yeah, I would love more like Vandermeeren exploration in the early seasons and just kind of Mona interacting with the other liars before uh, before they knew that she was A, um, I would read a hundred fix of exploring Sparia around the, the shadow play time. I mean, and I, I even wrote a fic around that and I would still read more of those kind of fix or even fix like set in the shadow play noir universe, I think would be really fun. Uh, it is surprising that there aren't more of those. Isn't it? Isn't it? Like even, um, I mean, Paley seems so, like Paley I think is never more interesting than in that noir verse. And um, yeah, I think that that would be great. I always kind of wanted a fic um, 
this is like super random and specific, but I always kind of wanted a fic that explored Jenna and Noel Kahn's relationship, but like mm. maybe maybe set in the noirverse or set sometime in the past where like they're they're both like queer people who are using each other as beards. And it's like Noel is with like Mike Montgomery or something, and Jenna is with like Shauna or Paige or somebody. And it's kind of like exploring the way that they the ways that they use one another. Um, and in general, like more page centric fix, I think I, more post series fix, I would be really interested in like the different the different dynamics that could spring up. Um, the fic that for me, my white whale fic, um, and I, I can talk about it here because I really, really don't think it's ever going to get written. Um, maybe maybe me talking about it will manifest it into being written. But <laughs> I always have really, really wanted to write slash read an AU fic that's about Spencer as a detective um like basically reframing a lot of the A stuff as like the work of um like like all of the all of the women that got killed maybe basically re- reframing it from the standpoint of like a serial killer as, and Prezra being the serial killer um and that Spencer is like it's like this whole detective story where Spencer like has to come back to her small town and solve this case and like kind of knowing that Prezra is the is the bad guy but is also very protected and then the many relationship dynamics that come up from that and like that Hannah's like her partner and like Mona's like Hannah's like FBI informant and it's like it's a whole thing um and and that Allison is Spencer's former partner who got kidnapped and Spencer sort of feels like she has to like solve the case for the sake of Allison um ooh that's a well. I wish that you would write that because I would love to read it so much. <laughs> I know, I know, and and maybe I will write it someday. It's just like I I've tried to write it multiple times, and it's just it's so there's so much there's so like to to do it the 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 right way, like the way that I would want it to be written. It would require like a lot of planning. Um, Emily is a nurse. Um, there's I have lots of I have I have lots of ideas about who would be doing what, but. Yes, maybe I'll put that out into the universe and someday, someday it'll happen. It's so interesting. It's so interesting that that is your, like, your white whale fic because you've said before that you, like, you're not instinctively drawn to writing the mystery. Why do you think that, why do you think that fic has, like, a, a mystery element as, at its core? Um, that's a great question and I think that that's part of why I haven't written it. Um, I think because it feels so good to put the blame on Prezra. Like, I know that that sounds goofy, but like, it just feels so, there's a real catharsis to me in the idea of, of taking all of these sort of crimes that more and more as the series went on, it was like, well, this person did it or this person did it or like, you know, Lucas did this thing and, you know, Shauna did this thing. And it was just, it all got so sort of parceled out to the point where everybody seemed suspicious. Everybody had done everything and nothing. And the idea of, of taking all of that, or at least most of it, and, and specifically putting it to one person, and specifically putting it to this guy who never got, you know, what was coming to him in the series, feels really, feels really right. And I think also Spencer in the role of detective, kind of the role she was born to play, there's something about that that feels really right and feels really rich for exploring 
all of her feelings of like, you know, inadequacy and trying to live up to something. And um, because one of the dynamics of that story would be that um, her family are all still lawyers in that story. And Melissa is also a lawyer. And Spencer went a different way and and kind of really digging into Spencer's Spencer's kind of feeling like she does or does not deserve a place at the table. Um, so it would be a very character heavy mystery plot. But um, I also just think that there's something kind of freeing about AUs because uh, freeing and daunting because you can you can remix so much from canon. You're not beholden in the same way. But you are also sort of forced to kind of come up with so much original material. Is there like an AU that you have longed to read or write? Mm, that's such a good question because I usually I, I usually stick as close to canon as I as I can. Like that's usually the the way that I go with it. Um, No, I guess, I guess not. But then I, but then again, like it always becomes a you when you diverge from Canada. So it's like, sure. it's, it's hard to say. Um, I have always, I've always been interested in the idea of kind of the show never really went there in terms of taking Spencer, like the show piled misery upon misery upon misery on top of her uh, mm-hmm. towards towards the end um, and like just all these ridiculous reveals and I feel like it never really like spent a lot of time dealing with the emotional weight of that and the impact on that and like Spencer's struggles with addiction so I've always been interested yeah. in like stories that go and that like maybe take Spencer to a place where she's really having to confront those things or deal so I guess I guess that's something that I've always really wanted to to read more of is um Mm -hmm. is kind of like a like a character study of of Spencer post series and and like where she goes and what she what she does yeah I I agree I mean I think that that's that way in which like um it's fun to imagine a version of PLL that's like uh, you know, ten episode seasons on Showtime or something, where they, where you could, where you, where you have the budget, where you have the freedom, um, where you, where you could have like, a, you know, a season or a half season where Spencer is in rehab and um, exploring that, or like just where the show could be more freed up to to get a little bit more experimental, um, to do more kind of weird you know, shadow play, dream ballet style, um, style storytelling. Um, and, and where like, if PLL was starting now, I think it maybe would have some more of that freedom. Yeah. Oh, I, I definitely agree with that. Uh, one question I have for you is, are there certain, like, are there certain characters or certain pairings, uh, that reading them in fic has like, changed your perspective on them has made you more or less of a fan of them or has made you think of those characters or those uh those ships in different ways yes um in fact you are responsible for making me like emerson so good work (laughs) um i was i was just i didn't hate emerson but i felt like I, i didn't see i didn't see as all of the layers there i think i felt like 
Allison in, was so mean to Emily in so many of the flashback scenes that it was really hard for me to um, come around to the idea of shipping them. Even I, I was more intrigued with them as the, as the show went on. But I think reading specifically your um, 25 occasions people have celebrated in the Liarverse fic um, really helped me kind of see the that there were more dynamics at play, that there was more opportunity um, that, and that also the idea that like a relationship doesn't have to be inherently healthy for it to be compelling, you know, especially in fiction, like, um, you know, one, one, one would hope that like in, in real life <laughs> that, that, that people are striving for healthy relationships, but <laughs> There's a lot of... <laughs> Generally, I would hope that that's true, but I think in the world, <laughs> yes, you know, right. Um, but in in fiction, especially, like, and this is this is where it gets hard because it's like, and I think that there's kind of a cultural conversation, somewhat that has been had and is being had over this idea of like problematic representation and like what does that mean? And certainly, um, you know, we we rail against the inclusion of Presria on the show. But I think that um, Emerson is, is a very unique kind of dynamic, especially the more you dig into those two characters. And um, that does not necessarily mean that all would be sunshine and rainbows if they could finally get it together. Um, and so I think that, yeah, the way that, the way that you and, and other fics that I've read have, have kind of explored them really opened my mind to Emerson. And this wasn't from that particular fic, but there was a line in, in one of your fics um, that was set around the time when Allison came back, where Emily said, um, you know, that she spent so much time wondering, you know, like wanting it that she didn't, she didn't really stop to, to think about like what it would be like to actually have it. And I think that that is, really the core of like Emerson, you know, the core of the core of that, that dynamic and like the pedestal that Emily put Allison on. And also I think so interesting because I think it's really applicable for Paige too. the way that Paige, I probably felt about, about getting together with Emily. That's so funny. Cause in, that's a, it's a Hannah Emily fic that it that is. line is in. It and is. So of course, like, of course in the PLL world, Emily doesn't say that to Allison. She says it to Hannah, who is and is not Allison herself. Like exactly. Yeah. Last year. Exactly. Static, that's the one that's from. Yeah, I love that line, and that like that's one of those ones where, and I have this so much with your fic because you do such a good job of like, kind of, sketching your own thing within the lines of canon. Where I'm like, I there's so many lines from your fix where I'm like, did that happen on the show or did that happen in one of Joanna's fix? Like. <laughs> And, and more, normally it's like, no, that's too good of a line. It probably happened. In <laughs> like, they wouldn't actually, they wouldn't actually let those characters have a conversation about that thing on the show. Because, yeah. What about you? What about you? Are there characters or ships that, that Fic has sort of impacted your, your Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I throw that one right back to you because um, I, I had never really seen the potential in Spana until you became, mm. uh, until you kind of jumped down that rabbit hole with both feet. Uh, and, and did such a good job with them. <clears throat> Thank you. Yeah, I, you know, I did, I was, that's, that surprised me as well. How, how, how hardcore and quickly I, I fell in love with that pairing. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also like your Mona Melissa work was was really interesting. I hadn't really considered those two together before, and that was really um, that was really cool. I like the I like the dynamics of that one quite a lot too. Thank you. Yeah, I think you know there are two characters that are so lonely and so misunderstood by most people, and um, and also like brilliant and 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 charming, and you know, I mean, they're they're just. Yeah, there's 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 a lot there's a lot there, um, for sure, for sure. Are there pairings or ships that you read but you don't write yourself? Um, good question. For a long time, that was true of McHastings. Um, until somewhat recently, when I did write a McHastings fic, um, I think most of the straight ships like. I, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a thing. Um I know actually I do have a concrete answer for this. I would say Sparia. I think Sparia is I and I have written some Sparia, but I think I really enjoy um this sounds sort of weird, but I tend to really enjoy other people's take on Sparia more than my own take on Sparia. I think that um and maybe it's just that I haven't explored it a lot, but I, I love Sparia. I just I maybe it's the Aria piece that Aria is a little bit harder to get an angle on or that Aria is I actually really like writing Aria but I just find um I, I don't know I find it I find it hard to sort of um work the two of them together in a way that feels um always like compelling I, I I was gonna say like compellingly romantic but I don't know if that's necessarily true I guess I just I really enjoy reading people's takes on Sparia Sparia is not one that comes as naturally for me writing it um how about you um I you'll tell me if this isn't true but I think it's true I don't think I've ever written a Paley fic um but I I do enjoy I do not enjoy directly. reading them uh, yeah. Just because I feel like um, I've never really been drawn to writing them, just because I feel like Emily is consistently just so terrible to page. Maybe maybe I could try to do like some kind of corrective work on that someday. But um, but and and I don't know, maybe it was because in my heart I always liked Emerson. But um, but yeah, I, I like reading Paley, but I've never I've never taken that on as a as a main ship. Oh, I know one. I know one. Um, Emily and uh, uh, Emily, Emily and Spencer. Um, and I've I tried to write an Emily and Spencer fic a long time ago. It never got finished. Um, yeah, they're another dynamic that I I love and I think is really really rich for exploration. And I'm looking on my uh, Ao3 bookmarks right now, and I have I have an Emily Spencer fic on here that I really love. Um, and they are a, they are a pairing that just does not come naturally for me writing them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, let's see. I feel like oh, a question that I had is is there like because I feel like you and I have written a lot of versions of different sort of quote unquote endings for the liars, sort of post series things that could happen. Is there, and, and for me, like, I, I see that in multitudes. Like, I don't, I don't feel like anything that I've written 
um, ever feels like necessarily the definitive ending for the liars. Like, I feel like there's there's like a million little, you know, liar, liar dolls and little doll houses that could be doing all sorts of different <laughs> things. Um, but is there a version of a future for the liars that beyond like post series or post perfectionists that you would be interested in reading or writing? that you have not read or write, wrote, written yet? Oh, man. Um, I'm sure that there is. The thing about... Um, the thing about writing The Liars is that um, the relationships between the characters were always so good, uh, and the show, like, the show had so many pieces of it that could be really brilliant at times, was that it was always a really fun environment to, to spend time in and to write mm-hmm. in and to, to think about. And I think as the show went on and I became more disappointed in it, it wasn't as enjoyable to like really delve into that universe as much. So I feel that, um, I feel that when I think of like the, the post series stuff, I liked to try to like get that joy back, you know, to, mm-hmm. to get those, to get those relationships restored, to get, um, to get to a place where people are having like a plausible and pleasant future in front of them. Um, so yeah, Yeah. I mean, reading, reading or writing and I, I've written, yeah, I've written, I have that 13 things series that's been going on forever and that I'll finish someday. Um, that, that really like builds out a future for them, uh, well beyond the, the confines of the show. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, I just wanted to get back into a world where, um, where the A stuff is finally behind them, you know, and yeah. they, they actually do get like a legitimate opportunity to like rebuild their lives and see where it goes. Yeah. I, I sort of like, I want the, the parks and rec ending for them where it's just like yeah. ridiculously over the top joy after after the trauma that they've been through. It's it's interesting because I think that there is sort of this inherent contradiction in the desire for a happy ending for the liars where a happy ending for the liars theoretically should take them out of Rosewood, right? Like they should, they should be able to leave Rosewood behind. Um, and yet Rosewood is the place that brings them all together. And there's also this desire to like have all the liars, you know, with each other all the time because they love each other so much. And then there's also the piece where it's like, but that kind of level of extreme codependence was like born because they were living under such severe surveillance and trauma. And like, wouldn't you want them to be able to like have healthier boundaries with one another? So it's, there's like, there's a lot of things to turn over there. Um, I think that, um, I think that the idea of a fic that would explore like if Mona and Allison got together in the perfectionist timeline, like what the ripple effect of that would be um, is a really interesting idea. The idea, I mean, I've always wanted like a season of the show or a fic where like the liars all have to live in the big creepy De Laurentiis house together um, for some reason and for some amount of time. And it's like kind of the, um, the dynamics of all of that. Um, I think yeah, I think that there's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's the idea of the liars kind of taking on adulthood and retaining the good parts of their friendship and letting 
some of the other parts go is uh, is is really compelling. Or even the idea of the liars like kind of deciding to reclaim Rosewood in a way and finding a way to to be in Rosewood in a way that feels healthy for them, kind of the town growing up with them a little bit, um, I think is, is a, is an interesting idea. Um, you know, yeah. it's interesting. I feel like so many of the, like the fics that I've written that go beyond the timeline of the series, I feel like the liar who I am most likely to keep in Rosewood for whatever reason is Allison. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, she stays in Rosewood in the 25 Occasions fic. She stays in Rosewood uh, in Bittersweet and Strange, which is the, the page fic. Um, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, she almost always stays there. I don't know why. I guess I guess just because she, she ran away once and then she came back. So it kind of feels like it, it kind of feels like her coming back is is meaningful in a way. Yeah, no, I can definitely see that. For me, I think it's Emily. Um, I mm. think that Emily feels like the character um, who. It's interesting because in the beginning of in the very like in the pilot episode of the series, Emily is the character who's sort of framed as the one who's like desperate to get out of Rosewood. She even has a line where she's like, "Some of us can't wait to leave" or something like that. And yet, there is something about Emily that feels very like more comfortable with that life than maybe some of the other liars like, like Aria or like Spencer or like Hannah, who I think would all, you know, Hannah feels so much like somebody who belongs in a big city to me. Um, Spencer, Spencer does, Spencer does too. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. I, I think it's because I just saw and loved this movie the other day, but like, I'm thinking a lot about little women and how like, I think something that um, in both like the 94 adaptation of Little Women and this version that really like struck me in both films is that there's this there's so much joy in the four girls being together in their childhood. And there's this inevitability of adulthood where you have to leave that nest. And yet there's so much resistance to that. Like I feel that as the viewer in both cases of watching this and being like, no, but I want you all to stay in the big house together and be sisters and be, you know, go sledding and ice skating and picking flowers and taking care of kittens and, you know, and like being all together, even though, of course, you don't want that because that means that you're never becoming an adult, you know, um, mm -hmm. that you're just staying in something that's comfortable rather than having the bravery to like step out into the world. Um, but there's this, I, I feel there's there's a little bit of that dynamic with the liars where there's this there's this almost there's this desire as the viewer to keep them all together and this knowingness that like that's not ultimately the healthy thing yeah yeah that's a great comparison we, oh man if I saw Little Moon last night too and I also loved it I felt like it was just a, a perfect movie um I agree I think we should yeah. do a bonus episode on it I'm saying that on the air <laughs> someday someday we will um but yeah, I definitely can see that dynamic with the liars as well. But I also think that in both of those cases, the moral of the story is that it's okay to trust those relationships. Like it's okay yes. to trust that those relationships can survive. Like 
they, they've been, you know, formed in the fire and they're going to, you know, whatever permutations they have, like you can trust that it's going to last into the future and beyond. Yes. And that, and that there's, there's a foundational aspect too, you know, that, that, mm-hmm. that, um, that the liars are, you know, they're, they are, they are each other's, like, they're a piece of each other's hearts. You know, they're, they're a piece of, I think I had a, I think I had a line in one of my fix where like Aria or somebody sa- said something about, you know, Hannah is like one of my limbs or something like that, where it's like, it, there's, there's so much, there's so much there um, that it's, it's safe to, it's safe to leave the nest, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Well, this has been, this has been really good and yes. really interesting. We hardly ever talk about fic on the podcast, so it's really kind of fun. Um, I know to dig into it. To, we haven't we haven't talked about it in a while in our lives either because we've been just talking podcasts. So totally. Really Are there a final question? Like, has be, doing the podcast um, has it has it like recontextualized or made you feel inspired to write or explore fix or dynamics that maybe you haven't previously? Ooh. Yeah, sometimes, uh, sometimes it has, although it's also like taken up like some of the time that I would probably use to, <laughs> to dig right. into them. Um, but yeah, particularly with Mona in those early seasons and also yeah. with like the, the version of Paige that we're kind of coming into, uh, that we're kind of coming into now. I really am very interested in both of those characters during that time frame. I totally agree. Yeah, I think for me, it's just it's it's reignited a lot of my joy of PLL in those early seasons. And it's like I felt like so many of the fics that I write are are about the liars as adults. And it's made me kind of recognize like, gosh, there's so much fun stuff to explore in those early seasons, you know, and it's just like those those scenes of, um, you know, of all of them, just like the, the dialogue, you know, pinging back and forth and that, the, you know, them being in the high school and then, you know, hiding things from their parents. And it's all those things that like the show kind of drifted away from. Um, and the show, I think, kind of drifted away from their core friendship, which was such a such a huge shame in the later seasons. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, certainly, I mean, I feel like uh, with every episode, there's there's a potential a potential fic that you could extrapolate out of what's so going on. So true. So true. Oh, man. Um, do you have any fic writing goals for the year? Oh, that is a great question. Um, I would, yeah, I, yes. I mean, I just in general to, to write more. Um, there is a fic that I've been working on that was originally going to be a Thanksgiving thing that then was going to be a Christmas thing that now I think I just need to accept that it's not going to have, a, it's not going to be tied to a holiday at all, <laughs> but that I'm going to try to finish it. One one thought that I had had at one point was I was like, should I just just to kind of shake off the dust? Like I have so many scraps of things here and there. Should I just like compile it all into a big thing and just post that and be like, here, here's five lines from like five unfinished <laughs> things. And then I was like, no, I probably shouldn't do that. Um, then like, what if I actually want to write one of those things? Um, but I think just like kind of shaking off the dust, diving back in, being okay with something not being perfect, being okay with something not even necessarily being finished, but just like putting stuff out there because that feels good. How about you? Well, 
I used to do stuff for International Fan Works Day, which is in February. One year I wrote, um, one year I wrote fix that like, I wrote one fic for every combination of the liar pairing. A, a brilliant, a brilliant project. That was so, you should do that this year. That was so fun. Hi. Um, <laughs> it was so fun. These are your fic writing goals for me. <laughs> Um, no, so I, I did that one year and that was fun. And then the, the next year I, I took on that 13 things series, which is still ongoing. And I aspired like when you're talking about a white whale fic, the thing about me is that I am, um, I am a cockeyed optimist. So all of the things that I've started, I always feel like someday I'm going to finish. Like there are none of them that I ever feel like, no, I'm just, you know, I've just left that to go. Um, but then one year I did, um, it was, I think it was 2018. I did, um, like during pride month, I decided I was going to take a bunch of, uh, fix that I had started, but not finished. And I was just going to make myself finish them and, and update mm-hmm. them. Uh, and, and that was really cool. And I, I probably need to do another project similar to that where I just try to finish yeah. things. Uh, cause sometimes just having so many things started, uh, is like kind of, uh, like it, it makes me hesitant to start anything new because I'm like, oh no, right. I already have all these other things that I should be working on. So yeah, I would like to, uh, I have one installment of the 13 Things series, uh, the Spencer one, and that one is like, it's like one scene away from being done. And it's been one scene away from being done for ages. And I just haven't, mm-hmm. I just haven't sat down to it. So um, yeah, that would be like a really easy goal. I can just say, I want to post that one. Uh, because it's very close to being done and I just need to, I just need to get to it. What, you what would go. your goals, what would your goals be for me? If I jokingly gave you the goal of you should do the, <laughs> the liar pairings project, what would yours be for me? Well, you know, I have to say, I am now intrigued by that. So, so you planted a seed. Uh, <laughs> I, what would be my, what would be my goal for you? I mean, I would love, I would love to read, um, more of your 13 things series. I think that that's such a great series. I, I think it's so ambitious and and cool. Um, I I would love to see. I would love to read a pairing from you that you haven't written before. I think that that would be really fun. Um, I think it could be. I think it could be many different pairings. I mean, I would read. You know, I'd read it. I'd read anything that you'd write. But um, I think I, I I would be really intrigued by that. I'd be really intrigued by that. Maybe I'll finish my Spencer Jenna one. That would be. That would be cool. I'm, I'm looking at my 13 things series to see how many I actually have done. And I have, I have 10 that I've posted. So if I post Spencer, that'll be 11 and then I'll just have two more to go. Do you, do you know what those other two are? Um, I know one of them. Uh, so I have to finish the Spencer one and then I have, um, 13 times Allison didn't run away. Uh, oh. that's, that's probably the, the 12th one. And then I'll have to check. I'm, sh- I'm sure I originally like conceptualized what the 13th one was, uh, but I'll have to, I'll, I'll have to go back and, and look and, and hope that I remember it. Well, you know, I, that I'm very intrigued by that. I, the, the part of the reason why the, why the writing a pairing for diff- for all the different liar pairings, why that, why that idea is interesting to me is that um, the thing that I have that I've sort of been tentatively working on it's actually an Aria Emily fic. And so that is not a very common pairing and not a pairing that I've written much of. Um, but it's all like, 
it's one of those things where it feels like it could be a slice of something bigger or it could just be kind of a small little thing and could fit in better with a with the project. So, you know, maybe 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 I will maybe I will take that on. We shall we shall see. Um are there I mean I know that we both have like our bookmarks pages on AO3. Are there any fix not by either one of us that you wanted to shout out? Oh man. Um yeah, for sure. I I think that um one of one of my favorite fic writers for the PLL verse who they've only written three fics uh that that I know of uh for for PLL but is Texas Watermelon who writes really, really good Hanley. Um, yes. I, I really, really love those fics. And also um, a fic that I just really, really like is um, the the Paige Emily one, uh, So It Goes. Yes. Yes. I I totally agree. That is, um, that is a great, that is a great one. Um, I... There's a, a Sparia fic called Wide Open Road of My Future that I really love. Um, there is a um, an actually an Emily Aria fic that that does like is like the kind of liar fic that I always want to read where it's like the liars are all at like a big Christmas party together and everybody's there and like everybody's being nice to each other and it's like this is this is really what I want from my PLL. <laughs> Um, I after I saw Little Women, I I, I I was just like, I just want movies about women being nice to each other. <laughs> like, <laughs> like all I want. Um, called uh, the fic is called Illuminate My Blue Winter. It's oh a great yeah. Fic. Um, and uh, an Emily uh, Spencer fic that I really love is uh, Soul Seeking Up the Pacific Coast, oh, which is really uh, the two of them on on a little road trip, which is another thing that I always want is just people on road trips being nice to each other. Oh yeah, uh, that one, it also, I guess, mild spoiler alert for that fic, but I love it that it starts with Spencer getting into a car wreck on the day of Toby's wedding. <laughs> yes, yes, I love that too. I love that too. Um, yeah, there, there, are, there are some great ones. Um, yeah, there are definitely some, some great ones out there. Um, but yeah, we, so we are so happy to get to do a little thick exploration. We will, um, we will eventually get back to, to our, to our season three of PLL with crazy. Um, but, uh, yeah, if you have thoughts or if you have, um, if you have thick wrecks, we would love to read them. If you have like thick dreams that you have wanted to, to, to see brought to reality, um, we would we would love to hear about that. You can send us an email at everybodyapodcast at gmail.com. You can also uh, check out our Instagram at everybodyapodcast or send in a rating and review on iTunes. Uh, yeah, and, and Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah, I hope everybody has a really excellent start to 2020. Yes, here we go, 2020. Let let it be better than than these past few years have been. Yeah, someone sent me a Christmas card this year that said, uh, like it, like written inside was just like, "May the coming year bring peace to us all." And it was like, <laughs> "Oh yes, please." There we go. Um, all right, peace to us all. Good note to leave it on. <laughs> Take care. 